Live from a waterfall with a special net, it's Catch the Wave. Catch the Wave is a podcast written, recorded, and distributed by Victoria School of the Arts audio program. We'll talk about anything and everything from education to politics to podcasts. I'm Josh. And I'm Annie. Our first podcast today is about American economy. Hello, everyone. My name is Carson Forbes, and I'm here with the Catch the Wave podcast. Today, I'm going to be talking to you about a very important subject, the American economy. For many years, America has been slipping into a crisis. This crisis all ties back to debt. This debt was caused by America not producing anything. All America does is consume, consume, consume. And this leads to vast amounts of debt. There is not enough savings, and America is spending much, much more money than they have. Some of you may have noticed that the Canadian dollar is catching up to the U.S. dollar, but this is not the case. The Canadian dollar is not getting stronger. The American dollar is getting weaker. This, all is, this is all tied back to America not producing. Much of the U.S. debt is from the pension plans. America keeps pulling money from the pool and not putting any back in. This will obviously lead to a major cut in pension plan budgets and will ev- inevitably crash. This crisis all ties back into the American people. People began borrowing money at very low interest rates. This leads to more and more debt with time. People, people began to purchase bigger and more expensive houses with this borrowed money. People would buy much bigger and more expensive homes than they could afford. Eventually, as the price of houses went back down to normal, the vast amounts of debt remained. But let's save that for another day. If you're at all interested in this, or just want to see some crazy numbers, visit HTTP, you know what, screw it, I'm just going to say usdebtclock.org. Another important thing you may want to try is to dig deeper for information other than, you know, CBC or other mainstream news. There is so much more than meets the eye with this cre- this crisis. Thank you. That was great. Wow, it makes me feel so smart listening to that. This next one is about YouTube fame. Okay, let's face it. YouTube is a matrix of awesome videos and a few disturbing ones. YouTube is also known for making people famous. But what's the fame worth? And where did the fame take them? First, there's the third most famous video now on YouTube, Charlie Bit My Finger. Charlie Bit My Finger is about a toddler, Charlie, biting his older brother's finger, Harry. The video now has over 227 million views. Charlie and his little brother, Harry, now have their own blog called Charlie Bit My Finger. Yay! And their own t-shirts. Web experts say that the family could make about $127,000 just from advertisements. The second most famous YouTube video is the Star Wars Kid. This video is about a Canadian boy pretending to use a golf ball retriever as a weapon in a school basement. Later the video had Star Wars music added. His video has over 18 million views and the boy's family is now filing a $250,000 lawsuit against the family of the students who found and posted the video. The person who was made most famous from YouTube is, well, Justin Bieber. His videos have millions of views, and the views don't seem to stop. I can't, see, I can't say I agree with his music, and I can't say he'll be around forever, but Justin Bieber has uploaded videos of himself singing on YouTube and was offered a recording deal. But once Justin finally grows up, his fame will quickly fade away just like all the other teen throbs. Either his music career will be advertised towards older audiences, or perhaps he will go into acting. But all we know is he is either our teen hero, or to others, the scum of society.
since the early days of video gaming, the general populace has found ways to complain about virtual programming. When Doom was released in 1993, people were shocked at its realistic gore, which was really just a collection of red and black pixels. Today, electronic gaming has become a scapegoat for mass media. The idea that games are responsible for increased violent and sexual tendencies in North American youth is now increasingly prevalent. For example, I recently saw an article in the Edmonton Journal about a soon-to-be-released console game called Medal of Honor. What is controversial about this game is the ability to kill American soldiers as Taliban fighters in the game's online multiplayer modes. But Medal of Honor is rated mature, which means that to buy it, you need to prove that you are 17 years of age or older. It is not as if 5-year-olds can freely buy extremely violent games. Secondly, most alarmists don't seem to realize that games are now evolving into much more than a pastime. Gaming has become a true social medium for all ages. The interactivity of games only serves to make experiences more vivid for the player. Story has become increasingly important to games and so has expression of ideas and feelings. Now I'm growing tired of having to explain this to people, but video games are not simple toys. They are complex both technically and creatively. They evoke emotion, they promote ideas, and some of them are even philosophical. So why is it then that these petty stereotypes of nerds and rejects playing gore-ridden clones of space invaders <laughs> still bring spread throughout our society? As I mentioned earlier, the media uses game developers as scapegoats, which is easy enough to understand. Why would someone like Bill O'Reilly mess with organizations like the NRA when he can blame violence on game makers? Are we to blame the government? No, they start wars in foreign countries to defend us. Or even more plausible, doesn't Hollywood promote obscene amounts of killing and sexual content in all of the latest blockbusters? Exactly. We'll see. Now don't get me wrong, I like movies, though I can't say the same for gun nuts and bureaucrats. I just feel like it's unfair for people to dump the issues of the world in my backyard. The fact is, things just aren't that simple. Murder, rape, and poverty don't originate from one source, and they certainly shouldn't be portrayed as such. Instead of being fanatics, people should talk to gamers, developers, and publishers about their games. Many charities have sprung up from video gaming, Child's Play for example, and gamers aren't brainwashed killers. We lead normal lives, and most of us aren't antisocial or awkward. Playing games does not make someone violent. In fact, a study at Swinburne University of Technology proved this recently, testing 120 youth of different ages. The organizers of this study confirmed that only children who were already violent showed any difference in behavior after playing violent games. Additionally, more youth murderers watch violent movies or read violent books than play games with similar content. I think the reason that other forms of media do not gain as much flack as games when it comes to corruption of youth is about age. Games are the youngest pastime for today's youth in terms of mediums. While the printing press was invented around 1440, and what is arguably the first film is from 1878, Pong didn't come out until 1972. Are we as a society supposed to think that these ancient practices affect youth today? Well, most would probably tell you that this is ridiculous. Why would things that are old start to show influence in this day and age? That is why everyone turns to video games when looking for scapegoats. Now, if you truly are concerned about the kids in our society, don't simply shove problems in our faces and blame it on our hobbies. Ignorance and misdirected anger make issues worse, if anything. So please, before you decide to put down violent or sexual video games, realize this. 
Electronic games with violent or sexual content are appropriately rated by the ESRB and can only be purchased by the corresponding age group. Games are a legitimate artistic medium and the themes used in them convey true emotion in order to tell a story. It is true that some video games have obscene content for its own sake, but this is no different than modern television or cinema. Lastly, realize that it's not just Bungie, Bioware, or Infinity Ward exposing people to violence or sex. There are countless other examples of money made from these subjects in North America. Gun clubs, movie companies, television producers, and dare I say, the government and police all at least depict such things. We are surrounded by controversial content and actions all the time, and it is not fair to blame everything on one source, no matter the level of interactivity. To do such a thing is to overlook the real issues at hand. Well, that's all we have time for you today. From a waterfall with our special net, it's been Catch the Wave. You hear us, you'll hear us like this.